speak into the phone, please. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, your mom, joined as always by your dad. Hi. Cocktail of the week, we're drinking the Stone Wall. Um, it's actually called the Stone Wall because it's based off the stone fence, which is apple cider and bourbon. Not at all Confederacy related. No, no. Maybe related to the gays. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, not it's Stonewall not, Jackson. It's not related to either. It's just like they have a stone fence, which was a cocktail, and then this is the same one, but with ginger ale. And so they just, they're like, well, we're not going to call it the stone fence. We're going to be the stone wall. But I like to call it the stone wall in honor of the gay revolution. I was in Virginia for a long time. Stonewall there is Stonewall Jackson. Well, that tells us about our communities. I get the gays, you get the South. I don't want it. <laughs> I, don't, I disown. I don't want. All right, get, dear Dad. You gotta stop turning away from the microphone but to drink my your drink. Cocktail. Is away from the microphone. You, you're gonna have to put your drink like in front of the microphone. The stone wall is delicious. It's delicious. It's a great fall drink. It's bourbon, though I use rye. I use bullet rye and uh, apple cider and ginger ale. Anything with ginger ale is pretty good. Yep. Fill an ice with glass. Uh, fill an ice with glass. I've, I have not even had one yet. Fill a glass with ice. <laughs> put in one shot. That's an ounce and a half of. Apple cider and one shot of whiskey and then top it off with ginger ale. I use probably four ounces. We have like a little bottle of fever tree and I split it between our two glasses. It's good. Did Vink just put her ball under the table? <laughs> She's like frantically digging at the table. I'll get it, Vink. Okay. She makes her own fun. I'm going to take a drink. You're an idiot. So we recorded this podcast a couple weeks ago. I had bought a new phone and... Hopefully you can tell better audio, though I don't know, because we're recording it for the first time on my new phone, trying that audio instead of the microphone that we'd been using. And uh, I hadn't switched over to activate the new phone, so I kind of had it, but it didn't have service yet. And then finally this week, I was like, all right, I'm going to transfer everything over. And so it deleted everything that was on the new phone, including the podcast. Oops, I'm sorry. It would have been a brilliant. It was like the best podcast so, we've ever done. So good. <laughs> uh, so that's why you didn't get this podcast on time because I deleted it and we didn't have time yesterday to record again. What is she eating now? A squeaker. A squeaker. Now a chewer. No, uh, no, it's mine now. No, that can easily become Team Four an object. We can't have it. <sighs> She'll live. Yeah. Um. So anyway, what we talked about last time, and I guess what we'll talk about this time, is sticking... Don't let her eat the sock, then she's going to eat the other socks. This is why there's a pile of my socks on the mantle, because she keeps bringing them down. Mm. And then... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear dad. I love you. Mm. There, yeah. Allowable chew toys. It's fine if they're squeaky. <laughs> Let's put them all in front of ink. <laughs> Okay, all right. Vink now has a mountain of toys in front of her. Hopefully she'll chew on one of those and not Jared's sock or a foreign object. I put it back on. Good job. Yeah. You looked weird with just one sock on. Well, now I'm proud of myself. Is there a nursery rhyme? One sock on and one sock off? No. Yeah, my son John. All right, I'm going to look that up. All right, later. Later. Uh, I'm pretty sure there is one, though. Be that as it may. So the podcast is about... Uh, Cocktail of the Week Extended. If you want to start making yourself Cocktails of the Week or maybe doing an occasional cocktail hour, what do you need to stock your liquor cabinet with? Um, we have an entire like full wall bookshelf, basically completely like 
packed full of liquor. Because we go to the liquor store and we're like, ooh, that looks interesting. Ooh, let's get that. And they haven't always been successes. We've had some duds. Oh, so we've had a few things that I've had to throw out. The cannonball. The cannonball is still there. Because it's so cool, but it tastes terrible. It's terrible. That's uh, Captain Morgan's cannonball. It's in a cannonball-shaped bottle. And it's it's supposed to be a pre-mixed shot. It's super sweet and not very good. Oh, but the bottle is so the, cool. But the bottle's awesome. And they have one that's, it's also Captain Morgan pre-mixed shot that's in the same bottle, but it's like done up like a coconut instead of a cannonball. And it's supposed to be like a coconut flavored rum shot. And you, I keep, every time we go to the... you had to slap your own hand away <laughs> from getting it. You do all the slapping we go and I'm like, I really want to get that coconut one. And Jared Dad's like, it's going to be terrible. And I'm like, yeah, but it's in this cool coconut bottle and i like coconut we have not tried it yet because the cannonball was such a fail it was so much less than acceptable yeah so anyway you don't need to get that um but there's like some actual basic stuff that you can get to stock your liquor cabinet so we're going to talk to you about what that is and then we'll do some questions maybe one or two questions at the end yeah so uh to stock your liquor cabinet you need (laughs) (laughs) you need a vink no you need one bottle of rum Whiskey, gin, vodka, probably tequila. We'll do it. Yeah, and yeah, I mean vodka is like you can do anything with vodka because it doesn't taste like much. But it's also kind of the least interesting in terms of just drinking. I mean, I agree. We don't have a lot of vodka. Uh, we don't use it that often. But you can get Smirnoff vodka. It's like a perfectly fine vodka for cocktails if you taste it. Like I've done vodka tastings, and I was like, oh, this one. Yeah, it's pretty good. That that's what it is. So that's like not <laughs> Vink agrees. Yeah, there was actually some kind of I think New York Times blind taste test a few five years ago or so and Smirnoff did the best. Yep. So totally acceptable to get yourself a bottle of that. You don't have to like we have a fancy bottle. We've got absolute elixir, which is in like the the Ooh, kind of it's bronze. got the goldish yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean it's very good. And we have we've also had an Icelandic vodka, which is very good. Um, Skier. I don't know if that's what it was. I'm just like saying that. Oh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but Smirnoff is like totally good for mixing drinks, and so part of the advice here is like get yourself an affordable bottle of something that's going to be good in drinks, but not a cheap bottle. Like yeah, you know? and and some things that taste really good by themselves don't mix that well because yes. they have a really good, really strong flavor. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Smirnoff vodka is a good one to get for the vodka. Uh, And we don't drink a lot of that, so we don't have too much to say about it. For gin, uh, which we also don't drink a ton of. Your dad likes gin and tonics. Yep. Um, So you have to figure out what kind of gin you like. Like, I am not a huge gin lover, um, but I like Plymouth gin, which is not like a London dry gin. I don't like, like, Beefeater or Bombay Sapphire. I don't like those. Uh, But I think Plymouth is good. And that works well in most gin cocktails. Um, But you should try it out. So Plymouth is a good one. It's not super expensive, but it's tasty. Um, Hendrix is also one that I like. Yeah, I like Hendrix. It's good in a gin and tonic, but it's much more floral than a typical gin, where like a lot of gins are sort of really herbal, and this is more floral. So it's good, but you have to make sure you like it before you buy it because it's different. This is where I feel like it's deja vu because I think we've said this before on the now extinct podcast. But especially with the gin, we had some 
we really wanted to buy local and yeah. get, get a DC gin. And it turned out it was really interesting and they'd put in some peppercorn and they'd made it floral and it was barely drinkable straight and it was totally unmixable. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you liked it, it'd be great, but it, it had a very strong flavor. And if you didn't especially like that flavor, which neither of us really did, it wasn't great in cocktails because you really tasted its specific taste in there. But it's a distillery called Green Hat Distillery from D.C., and it's awesome, and the vibe is great, and you really want to support local stuff. Yeah. But that batch was just too experimental. Yeah, and they've, they've had many different batches since then. Uh, and some have been pretty good, but uh, Plymouth is what I end up restocking all the time for us. So um, I would say Plymouth and Hendrix. And look, if you like Beefeater Gin or you like Bombay Sapphire, like that's great. Or Tanqueray, like perfectly legit gins. Just you got to make sure you like the taste of that. Oh, the, the, the general admonition, I think, is that don't buy anything in a plastic bottle. Yeah, yes, and it always needs to be like waist high or higher on the shelf. <laughs> Nothing down at the, the bottom. The top shelf liquors is actually a thing. Yeah, yeah. the higher it is, the more expensive it is. If it's below your waist level, you probably don't want it. So you don't have to buy the super most expensive, but you know, invest a couple extra bucks a bottle to not get the glass, to not get anything with gentleman in the name. To, <laughs> I mean, because you will. It, it, it probably won't taste good, but you'll also feel terrible the next yeah. day. I don't know if I told you this story, but my brother had a party once, and uh, my brother got married when he was 18 or 19, like he was really young, and uh, so, you know, he'd been married for a long time by the time he turned 21, and he was having a party, and he was maybe 21 or 22, and he's not, a, you know, he drinks beer sometimes, but he's not a big drinker. And so they had to go buy some liquor to do mixed drinks at the party. And he got like the generic brand, like plastic bottle with the yellow label that just said like rum on it. And I was oh. like, oh, no, <laughs> that's that's a bad idea. You don't oh. want to do that. Because uh, you will feel it. It does. It doesn't work. And this is this leads nicely into our discussion of tequila, which is whatever you do, don't buy cheap tequila. Uh, I think the tequila that we buy is actually from the top shelf at the liquor store is not, I mean, we're not talking $100 a bottle, right? But, uh, yeah, don't get cheap tequila. Like, if you if you like Jose Cuervo and you are okay drinking that, like, that's fine. But I spring for a little bit more than that and get, like, a really good silver tequila because tequila, I think, is the, like, more than anything, if you get cheap, crappy tequila, you will really feel it the next day. I think we have a Patron, don't we? We don't. That is super expensive. Oh, really? We Patron. don't go that, that high? No, I mean, that's like a few hundred dollars a bottle for Patron. Uh, oh, all right. Vink needs to go out. Hops needs attention. Uh, while GR Dad's letting him out, I'm going to take us on a field trip over to the liquor cabinet, and I'll tell you what kind of tequila we have. It's good enough that we can have several margaritas and not feel bad the next day. So I have Don Julio Blanco tequila. Um... It's good, not super expensive, you know, a few dollars more than like Jose Cuervo, but um, really good. And I tend to get the Blanco, like the silver tequilas, because they're really good in a margarita, which is mostly what you're probably going to make with tequila. If you like things smoky, you can go for a mezcal. And there's like really interesting mezcal cocktails in the world and just mezcals to straight up drink. We've got a great mezcal bar here in dc i mean there's a few but there's one that we have as like a favorite 
and uh, we're friends with the bartender and she's amazing and has a great cocktail program. And so if you like smoky stuff, Mezcal is like scotch to tequila. Um, so that's a thing you could look into, but it definitely is not something that you need for like a basic liquor cabinet, Mezcal. Um, but a good bottle of tequila for someone who might wants a margarita, which is a very easy drink to make, is a good idea. But spend the money on tequila. Yep. Mezcal is better than scotch, though. Yeah. So let's talk about scotch and whiskey. So whiskey is an overarching category, and there are several types. There's scotch, which is sort of smoky and usually comes from Scotland, but also Ireland. There's Irish scotch whiskey. And uh, and so that's a sort of smoky, peaty tasting one. There's bourbon, which comes from Kentucky. Proper bourbon comes from Kentucky. Yep. Um, so there's bourbon-like whiskeys from other places too. Tennessee. Yep. Um, but Texas and na- and has some. And now Colorado and Texas. Yeah, yeah. That's a little. A bunch of them. That's all new. <laughs> but Kentucky will say to be bourbon, it must be from Kentucky. Yeah, and if it's from Kentucky, it's probably pretty good. Yeah, um, and then there's rye, which is kind of like bourbon, but it's made with grains of rye instead of corn, yep. um, or anything else that's made with rye, and uh, it's a little bit spicier than bourbon, but similar in profile. Um, yeah, and then like Japan actually makes really interesting whiskeys of all types, but uh if you've got to get a whiskey, you should figure out what you like. Scotch typically is drunk by itself. Like, there aren't a ton of cocktails that use scotch. Yeah. Um, because the peaty kind of smoky flavor really overwhelms anything else you mix it with. So if you like scotch, like, get yourself a good bottle and just drink that on ice if you want. Um, if you want to make cocktails that have whiskey in them, I think Bullet is the brand that I would recommend. That's what we're drinking in our thing tonight. We have Bullet Rye, but they make a really good bourbon. And it's... Definitely not expensive. It's maybe $15 a bottle. I mean, I guess it depends on how many taxes you have on liquor where you are. But um, it's kind of middle shelf, but it's really good. Like, it's, we have a ton of whiskey. Like, we probably half of our liquor cabinet is bourbon and whiskey. Like, that's what we like to drink most. Um, but when I'm making a cocktail, like, that's basically the bottle that I go to. If I'm feeling fancy, we'll go for some other stuff. Um, but the fancier stuff, we tend to just drink like it is typically yeah and i think i I think maker's mark is a good bourbon sort of solid mid-range one of the first craft bourbons it has the red wax seal on it it's really cool they do great marketing and the bourbon's really good and it's not too expensive and then there's woodford select from woodford reserve woodford reserve from uh also from kentucky that's that's a really good bourbon that's a little bit more expensive but it is you know it's as good on the rocks as it is mixed. Yeah, it's a good one. Like if you want, if you have people who are bourbon fans and you want to have like bourbon that they can just have in a glass, like you will impress anyone if you have Woodford's. And it's not super expensive. It's not cheap, but it's not ungodly expensive. I really like Four Roses. They make a single barrel whiskey, which is really good. But even just like the blended stuff, I like. If we have Four Roses single barrel, I'll use that in cocktails, mm. um, which is a little. It's more expensive than the Bullet, but it's very good. And uh, I also like High West whiskey. They make like bourbon and rye and like combinations. They they got like the son of burr rye. Uh, it's delicious. The rye is good. It's from Colorado though. You know, so what? This is different. This is because like GR Dad. I I don't actually know if this is true. GR Dad was his 
previous wife was from Kentucky. Yeah. And I think she helped corrupt him into this like snobby attitude about bourbon having to be from Kentucky. And like, well, it's technically true. Other places make some very fine whiskey. That... Whistle pig from Vermont is awesome. Yeah, but they're rye. Right. Yeah, uh, it's it fantastic. Uh, it, it, that is an expensive bottle that's getting up $80, $90 a bottle, but it's very, very good. And, uh, and then they have some special varieties that are even more than that. And for our first Christmas together, I bought J.R. Dad a bottle of 20-year Pappy Van Winkle, which those of you who are whiskey lovers know that that's a big deal. I should not have opened it, but I, had, I have had like half the bottle. If that bottle were unopened now, we could probably sell it for $3,000. We should sell the dregs for 1000 People would probably buy the dregs. No, um, the, they, but you buy the, the concept. It's not the, it's not, the bourbon's not worth it. Uh, it's very good. It's very good. But it's not worth that price, in my opinion. Like, you can, even if you want to, like, really go for, like, absolute the best thing, like, if you spend 100 or $200 a bottle, you're getting something that's, like, just as good. Super Absolutely delicious. Absolutely as good as the Pappy Van Winkle. Uh, some of it I like better than the Pappy Van Winkle. Um, yeah. And so if you, obviously it is not accessible to most people, including us at this point, we couldn't buy another bottle of that. Uh, I mean, that's like a mortgage payment's worth of whiskey. That's when you still loved me. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> if you wanted one, I would buy you one. Mm. That's when I was trying to convince you that we should get married and it was not successful. So don't, buy your ultimately it was yeah several years later wow. and but the whiskey didn't seal the deal i don't bribe well <laughs> i told my therapist the story of me proposing to you and you turning me down this week well how'd that go he said so the story of this very briefly is that <sighs> gr dad and i went to paris we'd been together for a little over a year and i proposed and he said no and then we had five more days in Paris together. And I was telling my therapist this. And he's like, did you propose in front of the Eiffel Tower? And I was like, you know what? I actually did. And I'm a little embarrassed <laughs> at how stereotypical it is. And also it didn't work. Yeah, didn't you go most there for your vacation. first honeymoon too? To Paris, yeah. But I mean, that's not why I proposed to you there. Maybe it was doomed. Paris? Doomed. I mean, Paris is fine. Meh. There's a lot of... Hopper, Venkman, Mayhem, and Foolishness going on in the background. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say straight up zoomies. Um, how did we get there? Bourbon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me, me trying to win you over. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pappy Van Winkle. Yeah, it didn't work. Uh, but it is good whiskey. But, yeah, if you want to, you know, really invest in something good, um, there's a lot of kind of limited editions of some of the kentucky bourbon houses that are worth testing out um but i recommend high west is one to try will it we had is that that fancy bottle up there yeah will it bourbon is that was really good oh and you know uh yeah okay i was gonna say breeze through rum but we haven't done rum yet nope rum's right. gonna be good let's talk about rum because that's the we've got rum left oh no the one i was gonna fill in is that we talked about gin and I did recommend Plymouth, which I think is great. But if you just want a basic bottle that'll work really well in cocktails, Seagram's Gin is a great one to get. It's sort of old school, not expensive, but like a really straightforward, like tasty gin that works great in cocktails. So Seagram's yeah. is a good one to look for. And if you drink gin and tonics, you won't get malaria. That's right. Though from the tonic, 
protecting you and not the gin uh, protecting you. Could, but you have to mix it. Yes. Uh, for your mixers, whether it's tonic or ginger beer or whatever, we, we, we recommend Fever Tree, which you can get at the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, it's a very good brand, and it gets the name from quinine tree that is what makes tonic taste like it does. Yep. It's very good. Um, okay, so let's talk about rum. Rum is also one of my favorites. Like, we drink a lot of whiskey, but I love, like, rum and tiki cocktails. I don't drink, like, sweet girly cocktails when we go out normally, but uh, I love tiki drinks. Yeah, and even the tiki drinks are more fruity than just sugary. Yeah, if you do them right. Coconut. Yeah, so, uh, look, if you're just trying to, like, get, you know, four bottles of liquor so you can have, make most cocktails... Just get yourself a bottle of Captain Morgan spiced rum because it works really well in basically any drink. It makes a great rum and coke, like, and it's a totally solid rum. Like it's good. Uh, if you want another kind of affordable but like high quality bottle of just like an amber rum, which is good for mojitos, even though they normally call for white rum, I think they taste better with amber. Um, Cruisin makes a single barrel rum. Yeah, that's very good, and. Uh, not super expensive, but works great in cocktails. But we have many rum favorites. Yeah, we we have found some sort of almost sipping rums. Oh, There's straight one up, just drink it. Pirate with a Y, P Y R A T E, I guess. Yeah, no E, P Y R A T. Pirate rum is so like well balanced and sweet and not sharp, right? Not too alcoholic it's that really you can good. you can just have it on ice. It's really good. And then with the Pilar, right? Happy's. Uh, Papa's Pilar yeah it's uh, Ernest Hemingway inspired rum Pilar was the name of Ernest Hemingway's boat and they called him Papa and it's a distillery based out of Key West our other home the home of my soul yeah so and where we have our house buy, buying our local house. in some ways uh, and the all of it's really good they have like a white and an amber and a dark rum and man like that amber rum we so when we went i think i think it's when we were buying our house when we went to look to at the house that we bought we were staying at a hotel in key west because we had not bought a house yet and they had like a full-size bottle of the pilar rum in the room it's like the maxi bar <laughs> yeah yeah the opposite of a mini bar uh but it was like 40 bucks which is like more than you'd pay for the liquor store pay for it at the liquor store but i was like it was right there it's right here uh, and we're going to drink this bottle. I was like, let's, and we hadn't even had it before, but I was just like, I was like for 40 bucks, I'm so tempted by the idea of just having, and it's got a really like cool bottle with like fancy cap on it and like a metal chain and stuff. I was like, we're totally doing this. Uh, oh we, my we God. We sound like such suckers for packaging. <laughs> well, it's a big part of liquor. Yeah. The feel, packaging. the feel and the spirit of it is a lot, a big for part. Sure. It's like a spiritual experience, no pun intended. <laughs> and part of it is like the process. If it's in a plastic jug, it's not the same as like being in a nice bottle. Uh, but independent of the bottle, we drank a ton of that bottle for those like four days in Key West. And it was so good. I mean, just drinking it on ice. Like we had mixers and we're like, nope, just ice and this in a glass would be great. It yeah. was delicious. It tastes like brown sugar, but it's like not super sweet. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, there's some really good rums. But I don't think I would waste it in a cocktail. Like the pirate, we've made really good mojitos with the pirate rum. Uh, 
But I don't think I'd put the pilar in a cocktail. I've yeah. had it in cocktails like at restaurants down in Key West. It's very good, but it's just so good by itself. Yeah, what's the what's the really strong stuff? The Navy strength poosers? Oh yeah, poosers rum. Pussers, actually. Uh which you used to make a painkiller, which is a great drink. Uh probably one of my favorite drinks, actually. If they have that on a menu, I'll probably get it. And it's got cream of coconut, which is not the same as coconut cream. Coconut cream is like the thick, creamy stuff in a can of coconut milk. Yeah. Cream of coconut is that stuff with a fuckload of sugar in it, and you use it to make cocktails. And so a painkiller is pineapple juice and cream of coconut and rum, and it is delicious, but you make it with Pusser's rum, and Pusser's rum tastes nasty by itself, like no one would drink that stuff by itself. And we've tried it in other cocktails and it's nasty in other cocktails. Yeah. But we've tried making the painkiller with all sorts of other rums and it's not right. Like it's one of those that you just need that. Oh, like goslings for Dark and Stormy. Dark and Stormy. Yeah. Gotta get goslings like black seal rum, which is like a super dark rum, and uh, goslings makes a ginger beer for it. And you can make it with other stuff. But. What's in the getaway? Cruisin makes a black strap rum. Yeah. Um, which is like Molasses. molasses. It tastes like molasses and is the color of molasses. Um, that's really good. Again, like not good by itself. And this cocktail that we drank called the Getaway is blackstrap rum and uh, this stuff called Chinar, or maybe Sinar, which is an artichoke liqueur, which sounds crazy and it doesn't taste anything like artichokes, but it's sort of a bitter um, Italian liqueur, like in the vein of Campari and Aperol, but not as sweet as those. And so it's blackstrap rum and chinar and lemon and sugar so good oh my god it is just like one of the most delicious cocktails ever but it's weird like we have a bottle of chinar and a bottle of blackstrap rum and the only thing we use them for is to make that one drink yeah that's why we such have so many bottles that's right we have the pusser's rum just for the painkiller and we have the gosling's rum just for the darkened stories and we have the pilar rum just to drink straight out of a glass so it all take up space yeah that's we've got a very very full cabinet um so there you go. That's like, but yeah, if you just want a rum to like start your liquor cabinet so you can make stuff, just get some Captain Morgan and you're good. Here And some good books on mixers, mixing cocktails. Yeah. Dale DeGroff is, uh, is sort of a world famous cocktail guy, kind of one of the leaders of the craft cocktail revolution that kind of came back, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and he's got a book, I think it's called The Essential Cocktail which is just all the classic cocktail recipes. So if you want to make a Manhattan or you want to make a stone wall is in there, like all the old school cocktails are in there. Um, so that's one, if you want to really learn is a good thing. And I, at some point decided like, okay, like I want to learn all these basic cocktails. So if someone comes over and they're like, I want an X, I'm like, cool, I know how to make that. And I don't have it memorized yet. Like some of the stuff I have to go look up, but, um, it's like anything, like if you spend enough time doing it, you see like, oh, you know, a mojito is basically the same thing as an old Cuban is basically the same thing as this, is that like it's all spirit and sugar and ice and lemon juice or lime juice and like maybe mint or maybe not. And you kind of do it the same way. Um, so it gives you kind of a creative understanding, like with music, right? You can learn how to play a certain song, but if you practice enough, you kind of can make stuff up by yourself. I kind of think it was like cooking, though, right? Where you yeah. realize what can be substituted, what can't, and Proportions. you kind of get a sense for what you can be sloppy about, what you can't be sloppy about, how it ends up after it's mixed with ice, and 
you know, there's some practice. But basically, if you follow the instructions in those books, you'll do fine. Yeah, and unlike cooking, there's not a lot of special techniques. Like you shake it or you stir it or you just pour one thing on top of the other, and that's it. Those are the, basically the only three ways to make a cocktail, um, unless you get into like the real crazy stuff, and that's that's more presentation, like floating one thing on top of the other. Um, I've never made a drink like that, and I've made people an awful lot of drinks. So uh, that's a good one to get. Philip Green? Is he the one Philip who's... Green uh, wrote To Have and Have Another, which is a book about the cocktails that are in Hemingway's books, and when we went on one of our vacations to the Keys, I brought to have and have another and to have and have not. And so it was a to have and have vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and I read the Hemingway book first, and then I read the book about the Hemingway drinks. And it's cool because it's like got, like each chapter is sort of a, about a cocktail, and it's got like a literary discussion of like where it showed up in his drinks or, you know, in his life. And then it's got recipes for the drinks themselves. It's a really fun book. Yeah, Hemingway is a big deal in Key West, so you kind of he's the man absorb uh, a lot of Hemingway lore. And he's a, he was impossible. Total asshole. He's person. a complete I, asshole. I would have hated him, I think. But there's something about him that was very cool, and he drank a lot. Yeah, he was an asshole, but he wrote some interesting stuff, and no. he definitely was a personality, and and helped kind of sustain Key West through some tight times financially because he was just spending his in-laws money that's it he always like, had taking care rich, of rich wives yeah yeah uh so if any of you come down to key west let us know and we'll give you all the lore and history if we're down there we'll meet you and buy your drink at captain tony's or koso koso um anything else about cocktails oh so other stuff you might want um get a thing of Angostura bitters, which a lot of cocktails use. There's lots of kinds of bitters, but Angostura will basically take care of you. Yep. Bitters um, are great. If you like vermouth, so if you like a Manhattan or a martini, mm. we are not vermouth drinkers in this house at all, but if you like those kind of cocktails with vermouth, it's worth getting a bottle of dry vermouth and sweet vermouth. Um, liquor lasts forever. Like You can have a bottle of liquor in your cabinet literally for 50 years and it's still good your parents have tried this yeah my parents have tried it except for things like bailey's which has milk in it mm -hmm. once my, i once went to my parents house and my dad was like trying to pour a glass of bailey's and it came out in clumps he's like it's fine liquor doesn't go bad and i was like that the not milk good. does that's yeah. terrible um so the you milk. don't have to refrigerate bailey's but it does eventually go bad most liquor <laughs> that's just like the spirit it does not go bad, but vermouth does. It's kind of like wine. And so eggnog would it. go bad. Eggnog would go bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and there's tons of other stuff you can get, but to have like a basic functioning cabinet, and then you want to be able to make simple syrup, which is in like pretty much every cocktail. It's just half water and half sugar. Um, put them in a mason jar or whatever and shake it until they're mixed. It works better when the water's warm. Yeah, you can boil the water and put the sugar in it. It'll dissolve quicker. And, yeah. yeah, but you don't yeah. have to boil it. Like, you can just put them in there and shake it up, and it's fine. Uh, so you don't have... Like, you can buy simple syrup at the store, but it's just sugar and water. There's no reason to go buy it. Just make some... Like, I make a... I have a little, like, one-cup mason jars, like small mason jars, or jelly jars if you've got them left over, and I just kind of have it in the fridge, and then I'll dump out whatever's left every week and 
clean the jar and make a fresh batch. So I've always got some. And then have some lemons and limes around. We always have a bowl of lemons and limes. Yeah. And if you want tiki drinks, are... orange juice, pineapple juice, but that's more, you know, you'll use a little bit of it and it'll stay in the fridge for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Orange and pineapple is good. And yeah, for tiki drinks, cream of coconut, you can get that at the grocery store. Um, and you can do a lot with ginger ale. <laughs> ginger ale is, is like absolutely necessary. Like find a good ginger beer. The fever tree is really good. Um, they have ginger ale and ginger beer, but I think the ginger beer is better. It's got like a little spiciness to it, a little zip. Yeah, but it's you can, you, you know, a bourbon and, and ginger ale, a mule is really good. Yeah, we talked about the mules on some other podcast because yeah. people were telling us about all the names for the ones I didn't know. Um, yeah, and you don't need special glassware for any of this stuff. Like, there's glasses for everything, but as long as you got a glass, you can put stuff in there and it's fine. Yep. We don't have a ton. Like, we've got two mule glasses, like the copper ones. We've got two um, of the cups for mint juleps, like the silver cups. But, like, that's, like, on whims. We bought that stuff. Like, you can totally make it into regular glass. Yeah. So. Um, and ice. Yeah, and then you have and a ice. blender and a snifter. For shaker. Dosing. No. Oh, a shaker, yeah. Not a blender. You don't need a blender, but a shaker. To shake the cocktails. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's got like a lid on it. Shake that. You can do it in two pint glasses, but that takes some skill. Uh, so get a shaker. And uh, and what I believe you called a snifter, that's a type of glass. I think you meant a jigger. I meant a jigger. A jigger is a measure of liquor. So they come and it's like a one ounce measure on one side. And it looks sort of like an hourglass. One ounce measure on one side, one and a half ounces on the other side. And, uh, and that is good for measuring. If you get like a pour spout, you can pour and measure by counting. So a four count is one ounce. But uh, then you'd have like little spouts like a bar in all of your drink, in all of your bottles, which old. is fine. Uh, but you can just get a jigger. And it's it's better for all kinds of reasons. Uh, you can measure simple syrup. And, and it's juice. good to have an ice maker. Good to have an ice maker, yeah. Um, we, I don't think, have ever made a blended drink like in a blender in this house, like a frozen drink if you like those it's fine to have a blender blenders are those things that it's worth spending money on if you make stuff with ice because i've killed many a ten dollar blender uh trying to make frozen drinks before but uh, me too proper cocktails generally are not blended i mean like old school cocktails none of them are really blended like that so there you go that's uh stocking your liquor cabinet you want to do a question yeah all right let's pull one up here Hi, my name is Justin, and I just had two quick questions. Firstly, how many carrots does the crew go through per week? And second, is there anything GR Dad specifically misses about Australia? Thanks very much. I'll take the first part of that question. We go through 25 pounds of carrots a week, 100 pounds a month. Uh, the people at Costco who deliver our groceries, because I do it all through Instacart. They hate you. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're all like, oh my God, it's the lady with all the carrots again. Uh, yeah, we go through a lot of carrots. Some are roasted, some are not. Yep. Anything you especially miss about us? Good eye, Justin. Uh, I, uh, a lot of uh, most things. Yes. Uh, I loved Australia. I still really like it. Uh, my parents were just visiting. We were reminiscing about Australia, and we didn't haven't lived there since, boy, thirty years ago, forty years ago. Yeah, you're old. We still just fondly remember everything. Just the people, the the landscape, the country, the whole feel of it. 
I still I still eat Vegemite just to feel like I'm still half there. <laughs> uh, that stuff is nasty. I don't know how you Australians no, eat Vegemite. That stuff's gross. It's magic. I've tried with an open mind because I like. No, I love it. <laughs> the idea of it. That stuff's nasty. Vegemite, Weetabix. I mean, just a lot of. It's just great. It's a great place. Everything. We're yep. gonna go one of these days. Yep. yep. It's fantastic. Okay, question two. Hi, GR Mom and GR Dad. My name is Julie, and I am from Roanoke, Virginia, down in the mountains in southwest Virginia. And I just had a suggestion that you, I don't know how you would do it or who you would work with, but creating children's books featuring each of the girls. So they each go on an adventure, and they're the lead story, and Maggie can have her souped-up Maggie wagon, and... Um, Vank can be the chaotic superhero or something like that. Just a thought I had. Thank you all for bringing so much joy into our lives. Bye. So I actually had like worked for a while on a project with a like girl scientist kid and her dog. The dog's name was Gigabyte, who was a golden retriever. And Great I name. Still want to call a dog Gigabyte. Great name. It's such a good dog name. Um but I, and I mean, I don't know that I would have written a good children's book, but I definitely could not illustrate a children's book, and I didn't have anyone. I tried to find a few people to illustrate it, and I didn't have anyone who kind of captured what I wanted. So uh, if there are any illustrators out there who want to work with me on a golden ratio kids book, especially if we can make it involve science kids, uh, that'd be awesome. I think I had started that project before the golden ratio were on Twitter. So it'd be interesting. We'd really have to expand on their personalities and how they interacted. It'd be like Famous Five or something where they all would like interact in different ways. And yeah, Venk would be chaotic and Hopper would be the responsible one. And <laughs> Jasmine would just keep saying, it's not worth it, guys. It's not <laughs> worth it. We're not never going to find them. We're never going to find them. <laughs> oh, you've thought yeah. about this. Oh, yeah. And Kesa would be like the strong one who just walked through the door, like to save everyone. She'd just be like, stomp, smash. And Shmig, yeah, she'd be in her Maggie wagon, zooming around. Good, I like it. You know. Oh, we could definitely go with this. The, the five, <laughs> the dynamics of the five. Yeah, it'd be fun. All right. If you're an illustrator, send me your portfolio or your favorite pictures and we'll talk. <laughs> um, oh, a- shout out to the Star City, by the way, Roanoke, is uh, where they make you take the Virginia bar exam. In the summer, in the winter, they make you go to Virginia Beach. Huh. To opposite corners of the state. But bottom corners. No, no. Roanoke's in the bottom, and Virginia Beach is sort of in the side top. Virginia Beach is not in the top. We are in the top. But yeah, Virginia? Well, Virginia Beach a, is like right by North Carolina. It has a hump. We're in the hump. Hump schmump. All right, hang on, everybody. I'm going to pause this and pull up a map. Okay. <laughs> Hump. What? Virginia Beach is like right here. Like it's. All right. How far is it actually from the North Carolina border? 10 miles from North Carolina? Oh, not 10 miles. That's that's ridiculous. All right. We're going to. Virginia Beach. This is exciting radio. To Knott's Island, North Carolina. All right. Is 35 miles. But some of that's in North Carolina, so I'm going to make it like 30 miles. 
30 miles. Well, I guess it's all the way in the east. It, look at how far that is. That's fair. If you do it from here, from Washington, and I, I know it's a little curvy, it's 204 miles. I, it's 100% at the bottom, the bottom, bottom. All right. Roanoke is further north than Virginia Beach. Fine. <laughs> What's your point, Goldbeck? You're the one who's all like, I lived in the South, and I my Virginia geography is better than yours. I, I just made it to Roanoke. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it was very nice. Uh, I have been through Roanoke because I've gone to Blacksburg a few times for events. Tech. Uh, yeah. So it seemed nice, but I have not spent any time there. Though I did just do a... I do... Um, a segment for the Science Magazine podcast. I interview authors about their books, and I just did one about the Lost Colony of Roanoke. That's different. Roanoke. I'm just saying. That's not that Roanoke. I, I know, but I'm this just is saying. Roanoke Island, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You know stuff. <laughs> uh, Roanoke is like invading my life in all sorts of ways. Oh, places. look at that. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> we should play the lottery. All right. Well, with that, uh, you got a German word of the week for us? Oh. Enttäuschung. Whoa. Disappointment. Ugh. We just played the Mega Millions lottery to win $1.6 billion and did not win. And it was actually disappointing. Yeah. Not because that's rational, because that's how life is. <laughs> I don't know. I was really thinking we were going to win this time. I, me too. Jared Dad is the one who buys the tickets and he sucks at picking the right numbers. <laughs> you just fail over and over at that. I really try hard. Yeah, well, try harder. <laughs> Close. I, man, as, until the drawing, you have all these dreams. It's great. <laughs> all right. Disappointment. Say it again. Enttäuschung. Enttäuschung. Okay. Well, I hope you do not have enttäuschung weeks, everybody. I apparently cannot say that. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Mixing languages doesn't work. I hope you have great weeks. Yes. Weekends. Thank you for your patience with us. Uh, th this is going up as soon as we're done with it. Yep. We are going to Florida, not to our house in the Keys, but I'm going to run an ultra marathon this weekend. I'm running a 50 mile race. And uh, Jared Dad's coming, and he's going to run some distance of race, maybe. Pro probably a 32 kilometer race. Yeah, like 20 miles. Well, that's what miles. I'm signed up for. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to give me Cokes and bring me pizza. And drive Ice me if home. you need it. Ice at the end, so it should be good. And so maybe we'll have a bonus podcast next week to make up for this one being late with our big running weekend. Yeah, it'll be us complaining about being sore. Uh, me complaining about being sore. Jen we'll complaining about being not sore. Hopefully it's not going to rain like the last one and my feet will not disintegrate. Uh, when I ran a 50 miler before, they were fine. I had one little blister that didn't hurt. So let's hope. That's what happens this time instead of the disaster that was last time. Me too. All right. Well, have a good weekend, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.